recording there. All right. Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging, and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real-life, real-time issues and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney Todd Watley and licensed nursing home administrator Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30-plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging. All right. Welcome to episode number two. And I am Todd Watley. I am Sarah Scott. Welcome. Yes. So today's episode is one of those tricky things that we're just going to jump right into. Uh Episode two, we are jumping right into the nuts and bolts of aging and kids. And so what is today's topic? So the answer on aging that we will provide today is to the question, when do I step in or allow someone else to help me? So it's actually going to be a two-part episode. So this part is going to be covering mainly what signs to look for and um, that will help you figure out whether or not it's time to step in. And then toward the end of the show, we'll have some positive signs Mm -hmm. that you may not. That your parents are doing well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that they're doing well, that you may not even think, oh, well, that's a good indicator. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then part two will be how to go about stepping in if you figure out you need to do that. Things to do, yeah. Yeah, and what's important, uh, one thing that I do want to make sure everyone understands is that This podcast is going to be directed to the caregivers or the adult children, but also to the actual aging individual as well. So Mm -hmm. along the way, if we mention things that you notice for yourself that, oh man, maybe I'm not doing this the way I should be, Mm -hmm. um, those are things to, to take note of, but also on the caregiver side of it or the spouse or the adult children, um, things to look for in your aging loved one. Yeah. If you're the older person, I really encourage you to get your kid to listen to this at some point. And if you're the kid, get your parent to listen because these are things that can be devastating. So why is this important? So this is incredibly important because this will help you prevent the crisis mode planning that you and I are so familiar with, mm-hmm. typically when we get to meet with clients or meet with participants or residents, families, it is in crisis mode. So this is going to help you hopefully stay out of that crisis mode and also avoid any kind of like major mishaps or tragic accidents that happen so frequently. Yeah. Crisis mode is everybody's stressed out, tempers are flaring, you know, people are scared. It's just 
crisis mode when you when this just flares up all of a sudden and it doesn't it rarely just happens right, i mean right. an aneurysm a stroke are two things that can occur very quickly but uh-huh. almost always it is a progression aging you gen, you you gradually decline and kind of like growing up you see your kids grow you don't notice things but when the grandparents come and see them every three or six months they're like oh this is different and and this is different it's like well i never saw that because i'm the parent well as a aging person as they decline you know we're going to give you some things to look for and to know hey this is a problem Mm -hmm. and so please pay attention to it and notice these things yes and so by the end of this episode today you will be prepared to know when and how to effectively and efficiently navigate through the weeds of one of my favorite terms that todd uses parenting the parent parenting the parent i know that's not a great term but it's it's what happens is the parent declines and you have to parent the parent and we'll get into that probably next time when we really talk about things to do so Mm -hmm. all right sarah so what are what are some of the the number one things that you see that causes you concern physical changes is what we're going to talk about first Mm -hmm. because they're the most obvious Mm -hmm. and they're also a lot of times the most important. Mm -hmm. So anything from changes in your weight. So typically we're going to see an unintentional weight loss Mm -hmm. that could mean a number of different things are going on. It could mean the new medication that we're taking has caused our appetite to decrease, but Mm -hmm. it could also mean that our cognition has declined to a certain point that we don't even necessarily remember to eat, to eat or recognize Mm -hmm. that we're hungry. Or I'm afraid what's going to happen to me is I'll forget that I ate because I love food and Mm -hmm. I'm always hungry. And so I am gaining weight. It's like, Oh my God, you know? So if you visit your parents, it's easy to see, do their clothes still fit? Yes. Are they too big? Are they too small? You know, that is a sign. But if you're not visiting, Zoom is fantastic. Video Mm -hmm. conferences, Mm -hmm. look at their face, have them get up and go get something or say, hey, mom, where's this? And get her to stand up and walk so that you can see what does she look like. Right. And to that point, Todd, I want to touch on the overall physical appearance and grooming aspects of noticing these physical changes because Mm -hmm. Those things can be very telling as well. So when you're looking at their appearance, if your dad has always been this clean shaven, well-dressed, even on Saturdays guy that all of a sudden has that five o'clock shadow and has had the same clothes on in the last two or three Zoom calls, that's going to be a big red flag for you to say, okay, something is not quite Uh right here. And with dexterity problems, they'll spill things on them. Mm -hmm. And you'll see, it's like, Dad, what's that stain on your shirt? Oh, I don't know. Well, it could have been from breakfast and it's now dinner or it was yesterday's meal. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's a problem. And then um, when you speak about dexterity, I also want you to pay really close attention to handwriting Mm -hmm. patterns because just the other day, Todd and I were talking about how when my dad was going through chemo, 
um, his handwriting changed significantly and he had always had the most beautiful handwriting so much to the point that he did the calligraphy for our wedding invitations. <laughs> so, I mean, very, especially kind of, um, the exception and not the rule for a, a man's handwriting. Mm -hmm. But when he was going through the chemo, he's really good about sending cards and correspondence, especially to my kids. And I could just notice like a little shakiness and not quite as, as pretty. And it was because he was going through a lot and that directly affected his yeah. dexterity. So those are things that you may not even think about looking further into than just what is at the surface level. But I will guarantee you that when you start to notice changes in these areas, if you look, just dig a little bit deeper, you could find that there's something else going on there that needs more attention. Yep. Um, and then we want to also bring up sleep patterns. So that's kind of a physical thing, but it's also kind of a cognitive thing. We'll talk about cognitive in just a second, but sleep is incredibly important as we all know, mm -hmm. um, just to your overall health. But when you hear your parent talking about their husband's sleep patterns changing, whether they're up all night mm -hmm. or what, unless I mean, you live there, you're, you're not going to know this. Yeah. You know, you're not going to know if they slept last night or not. But when the spouse complains, it's like your dad is up all night long. He, mm -hmm. he sleeps all day, is up all night. And you can just tell mom is stressed out. But ask, ask them, are you sleeping okay? Are you doing, you know, just basically, are you sleeping? And if the answer is no, something's going on and right. a lack of sleep is horrible. It is. And there's also something to be said about increased sleep. So if mm -hmm. someone is sleeping all the time and not interacting with someone or not getting up and not moving around, that's incredibly important to take note of and to look further into as well. And then also look at the location of where your loved one or, or yourself, where you may be sleeping. If you've you know, for the last 30 years, always slept right beside your spouse and all of a sudden it changes and you start sleeping in the recliner or even in a guest room a lot of times. Um, that can be very telling as well because you know there's a reason underlying why that change is taking place. And I know that sometimes asking your parents, well, why aren't y'all sleeping together anymore? Might be just taboo and something you guys haven't even talked about before. But it's worth asking the question. Let me tell a story real quick on that topic. I always like to share things that have happened. And this was a very interesting story about how dementia is and mm -hmm. how it can get bad and get okay within just a matter of hours and talking about going to bed. So one of my clients, he was telling me that his wife had dementia and one evening, um, or their routine was after dinner, she just, she would go to bed. And so it, it was after dinner, five or six, he took her back, got her undressed, got her in bed, tucked her in. He would always go back and watch his evening shows and then watch the 10 o'clock news. Mm -hmm. And then after the news was over, he would go to bed. And so one night he did this routine. She was in bed. He walks into the room. He starts undressing and his wife rouses up and she's like, I don't know what kind of woman you think I am, but you are not sleeping in my bed. Oh, no. She did not recognize him. Oh. 
as her husband. And he was like, okay. And so he gathers up his stuff, goes to the guest bedroom and gets undressed, crawls into bed. And he said, not 10 minutes later, she comes in there. She's like, honey, why are you sleeping in the guest room? Why don't you come into our bedroom? He's okay. And he gathers up all his stuff and goes back in there. He said, it's just, I never know what I'm dealing with. And Mm -hmm. so that's just one of those stories that, you know, my clients tell me, and it's like, mm-hmm. man, it's such a hard condition and situation, and you've just got to go with it. So You do. You absolutely just have to roll with it. And no matter what your role is, if it's the caregiver, the spouse, or the actual aging loved one, one of the most important things I truly believe is for when you do notice a change in condition, whether it's your own or someone else's, that you approach it in a very sensitive but efficient way. And there is an art to that Mm -hmm. that we are going to help teach you how to master over the course of this podcast that unless you have, like Todd and I, all of this experience and all of these years in working with individuals that are going through this every day, You're not going to know the most delicate way to either approach how to tackle whatever issue is going on. And you're also not going to know how to like live with it from that point forward. So we're going to help you in a lot of different ways, but that is going to be one of the really key takeaways that you're going to get from this podcast is learning all the information to be equipped with the tools to help make this transition in life, whether it's a normal process of aging or something a little more challenging, as successful and smooth as possible. Yeah, I always tell people, you're going through this once. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Sarah and I have gone through this with clients hundreds, if not thousands of times. Yeah. And so that's part of our job is to help um, get this to you. One thing that I want to talk about before we wrap this up is a something I just learned about or, or just thought of is making sure that your parents get to their doctor's appointments is crucial yes. because particularly in this stage of life, they need to be in regular contact with their doctor, make sure that their medications are good. And a, a trick to make sure that happens is your parents probably have listed you as the kid, or if you're the, the parent listening, be sure when you go to the doctor, list your kid on your HIPAA release. Okay. Meaning that on that HIPAA form, you're authorizing your child to get information on you. Mm -hmm. So now kids, once you are there, call the doctor's office and say, Hey, I am, mom's kid and she listed me on her HIPAA release, I want you to make a note and call me if they do not show up for their doctor's appointments. And can you give me their list of appointments now Mm -hmm. so that you can know, but if they don't show up, would you please call me? I'm concerned about their mental state and I want to make sure they are coming to see you. So please call me. Yes. Now that is a really good segue into the cognitive things to look for when we're trying to decide whether or not I need to let somebody help me, I need to ask for help, or I, as the caregiver, need to step in and do a little bit more. So when we talk about cognition, so that's just the 
mental functioning, the brain piece of your puzzle. So anything like Todd said, from missing appointments to mismanaging their medications, Mm -hmm. or even just in general, increased confusion. Um, I know so many times I get from caregivers or spouses of an aging loved one who may have dementia say, I cannot answer the same question again. Mm -hmm. And it's so frustrating because they, in their right minds, have to get asked the same question time and time again. And it just really takes me back to being a mom and having small children. And they're like, Mama, 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 can we do this? Mama, can we do that? And it's just like... Oh my gosh, it's so frustrating Mm -hmm. and you lose your patience and it's hard, really hard not to just snap sometimes and be like, I just answered this question two seconds ago. Quit asking me the same questions. But in all honesty, that, that person's reality that is asking you the same questions time and time again has only asked it that time that they're asking right then. And so it's really hard to understand and kind of level with the person who is having that decline with their cognition, but it's so important to try to stay patient and stay as calm as you can so that you're not escalating anything that doesn't need to be made a big deal. It's totally normal for those things to happen and you just have to be in the reality. Let's talk real quick. I, I think this is a good point, and we've not discussed this, so don't don't get aggravated at me. <laughs> is talk about the difference between dementia and delirium. Okay, so dementia is a disease in your brain that impairs your cognitive processing, and it is a long-term condition. Delirium, Generally slowly on, with a slow onset, correct? Yes. Okay. But delirium is an acute form of confusion and a lot of times heightened anxiety and manic behaviors, hallucinations sometimes Mm -hmm. accompany that. But that is because of something, delirium is caused by other things and it is a symptom and not a diagnosis. Correct. People call me, you know, as an elder law attorney, they'll say, mom, hey, Todd, mom just developed dementia really quick. You know, she doesn't know who I am. She's just crazy. And it just came on so quick. I'm like, "Mm, it's probably not dementia. And I always say, call your doctor. There's probably a underlying medical condition. And I, I'm, I bet eight or nine times out of 10, it is a urinary tract infection. I don't know what those two things have to do with each other, but go in, put her on some antibiotics and boom, she's back. Yep. And so don't, you know, just understand if this is a very sudden onset, there's a underlying medical condition that mm-hmm. could be treated and they're back. Right. But dementia is a slow onset that generally does not get better. Right. So I just wanted to cover that if no, you're listening you and you know, it's like, man, this has happened very quickly. Well, it's probably not dementia, and well, it's treatable. You can spring questions like that on me anytime as long as I know the answers. <laughs> okay. That's just fine. Good. Um, so let's see. We've talked about the physical changes that you want to pay special attention to in order for you to know when it's time to step in for 
helping with levels of care or assistance provided to your aging loved one. But then if, if you, the listener, are the one experiencing some of these changes that we've talked about, we cannot encourage you enough to talk to your doctor, talk to your power of attorney. Hopefully you have a power of attorney and uh-huh. we'll go into that later. Yes. Um, or, or your caregiver and bring these things to their attention so that when it does get to um, a more severe level, you're not having a tragic accident and ending up in the hospital and then forced to make a crisis mode decision. Yep. And then we've got the, we talked about sleep patterns and your mood and emotions we haven't really touched on yet. Those can change really significantly when there are different things going on. When I'm hungry, I am grumpy. I am not a happy camper. Hangry. I get hangry and it's bad. So tell the story real quick that you mentioned on the radio show about the lady who was just super ugly and nasty and how she was before her dementia came on. Yeah. So the first, the very first day when I started working in the nursing home, I was 23 and uh, the administrator said, Sarah, I want you to spend the day working alongside the activities director, carrying out the activities. The first one was bingo. So I go down to the dining room and I just pick a seat by one of the sweet looking old ladies. And as soon as I sat down, she cussed me up one side and down the other. The staff was laughing out loud, rolling because they, nobody warned me, (laughs) nobody warned me, you know, who not to sit by Mm -hmm. or who to step by, you know, I've got to get to know them all. So, um, anyway, they just thought it was the funniest thing. And even whenever it came down to, she had gotten a bingo and I went to check her bingo card to verify that she had actually won the bingo. This lady physically hit me And I don't even want to say the words that came out of her mouth, but came to find out she was just notorious in the nursing home for being um, this grumpy Miss Elsie, you know, and Mm -hmm. she had the worst potty mouth, cussed like a sailor and would physically hit people prior to her um, dementia. She was a Sunday school teacher. She was the sweetest meekest, most kind lady that was a Sunday school teacher and her family had never heard a crossword come out of her mouth. And so that's a prime example of how when something more is going on, you see some really significant mood and emotion changes. Right. And it's, there is a reason for it. So don't just think, oh my goodness, just look into it and do something. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So, um, some, so those are some things to look for that will indicate a negative mm-hmm. underlying bigger issue needs right. to be addressed. Some positive signs to look for, though, uh, that you may be doing well or that your loved one may be doing well is just successfully completing small tasks, anything from grocery shopping to mm-hmm. meal preparation without any kind of issues along the way. Now, I even go to the grocery store sometimes with a list and get home and realize I forgot to put one of the really important items on the list. So things like that are going to happen. But when it's a pattern or things become a little more significantly important, those are things that um, would be a negative indication. But 
If you're just able to carry out small, simple tasks without any issues along the way, that's a really good sign. And for the adult children, one of the things that you may want to ask your parent to do is to make a food a food journal. Mm-hmm. Um, this article that we're getting most of the context from is uh, from care.com. It's called Aging Parents Signs It's Time to Step In and the Best Ways to Help. Um, we're also, of course, plugging in little life experience stories along the way. But um, one of the suggestions from this article was, if especially if you're concerned about their nutrition or their weight, is to ask them to just simply write down every day what they are eating. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the week or on your next visit, check it. If it's done, great. that's great. That's a really good sign. You can kind of rest easy. Um, is assuming that they're agreeable yeah. to do that. True. You True. Know. Yeah. The other thing, um, a really good indicator to see how a parent is doing without being too intrusive is look at the car. Um, if, you know, as they start to decline, they're going to bump into things. They're going to, you know, their, their, their vision decreases, their reaction time decreases. I mean, things happen. And one of the, the first indicators is they'll start banging at the car. Mm -hmm. And so just walk around it, you know, look and see if there's any new scratches or dents and say, Hey dad, what's going on here? And that's, you know, it'll, it'll, open a wound. Okay. But it's something that, you know, hopefully they just bumped into the, the cart thing at Walmart (coughs) rather than hit somebody. So catch it early, jump in and do something. Yes. All right. I think we need to wrap this one up. We do. So, um, thank you so much for listening to answers on aging. Hopefully this podcast today has helped answer the question. When do I step in and either help my aging loved one or when do I allow someone to help me when you notice things are going wrong? Um, and then we have next episode is part two. That is going to show or tell you how to step in when you decide it's time to do so. And what we would really encourage you to do is to perform your own assessment, either on yourself or on your aging loved one, to really gauge where they are in mm-hmm. this process mm-hmm. and kind of get the te- check the temperature for what's going on. Do we need to really ramp up and, and get more involved or do we have some time to just let them remain independent yep. and and just kind of keep being the kid instead of parenting the parent? Exactly. So um, join us at our website, answersonagingpodcast.com, mm-hmm. and that link will be underneath here or on our, our show page. And so you can go there, see the notes from this podcast. Um, you can watch it again and any links that we talk about, okay? So anything else? I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. Thank y'all. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit the subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy to find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about this episode, visit AnswersOnAging.com. 
click on the show notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips. To see Todd and Sarah live, tune in to the Facebook page Senior Services NWA to catch their weekly live radio program every Wednesday morning. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions. So please let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family.